Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, and it's a pretty happy weekend uh, to be talking about footy for a change. Uh, with me, as usual, are my cohorts, Nikki. How are you going, Nikki? I'm going fairly well. Fairly well. And Macca, how are you, mate? No, good shape, good shape. Very good, very good. Uh, obviously, a bit to get through, through tonight, a great win by the Crows on Saturday afternoon, evening, uh, but lots more to talk about, so let's get straight into the scores roundup. Okay, Thursday night, the Tigers and Sydney uh, played out a pretty good game. Uh, Richmond getting up in the end, 14 goals, 9.93 to Sydney, 11 goals, 1. Amazing kicking there, 67, a margin of 26 points. Did you guys see that one? I did. Very frustrated that Sydney couldn't beat them. Um, They're they, they going to be very, very hard to beat again uh, on their dunghill, their own dunghill that they play on all the time. They, well, they actually didn't even play on it this time. They're just, just had the advantage of being, not having to travel. But... Um, their secret is just basically they've got a very even bunch of uh, guys having a 100% go. Uh, no, unfortunately, I was out to dinner, so I missed that game. Yeah, I was a bit depressed you're gonna, because you're gonna because feel did so well. Yeah, was that a hot mm-hmm. date, Nick, or...? Uh, no, uh, it's a regular thing we've been doing for well over 10 years or so now where we go out once a month, uh, the whole group of us. Um, I can recommend Farina Double Zero on King William Road, but take your earplugs along because they've got concrete floors and a very so there becomes a very noisy restaurant. <laughs> but the food's lovely. Awesome. And uh, that's the uh, weekend wrap brought to you by whatever that restaurant was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Friday night we had the Bulldogs and the Cats. Uh, that was a pretty good game, very frenetic game, played at a high pace, and uh, the Bulldogs getting up 16 goals, 7 103 to Geelong 15 11 101. Harry Taylor muffing his lines at the end there. Yep, certainly did. And um, interesting young uh, player in the game was uh, young Narkel for Geelong. He, uh, very talented looking youngster, and he. Uh, Quite exciting young, young young youngster as well. Um, no, it was quite an enjoyable game, and the the, uh, the dogs just showed that you know when you put a hundred percent effort into a game, it's uh, uh, you, you can beat most teams. How do you reckon the cats uh, are going, Nick? I I think the cats are overrated, and I think they have been for most of the year, and I think this is them slowly coming back to the pack. Um, they're not playing as at home as much anymore because they get that little inflated help. Um, so I was quite delighted with that result, mm. even though I hate the Bulldogs. Yeah, and, you know, it's been commented on the chat. Uh, Geelong don't have – they don't have uh, ability spread all around the ground. They've got um, three very good players in the midfield, um, but they don't have a great deal of talent. That's what made me talk about that young, young youngster who burst on the scene and played very well because – there isn't a lot of other young youngsters out there doing very well. So uh, uh, I don't see Geelong as having a long-term great future. I think that's something we've talked about for the past couple of years a little bit, that their depth is very shoddy. 
um, like ports as well. Um, and as if they get injuries, etc., to those higher ones, and as I'm trying to think who it was in the chat, you said they, they pretty much just rely on three players. And if those players, if you can kind of shut them down a, a bit, you're a decent chance to win a game. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Hawkins showed a bit uh, for once, but I, I do think they're a bit one-dimensional. I mean, uh, with but the that's midfield- also he's showing a bit against a team that doesn't have big yeah, defenders. Exactly very right. Good. Yeah, very good point, Nicky. Yeah, exactly right. Anyway, <laughs> come on, Macca, just hold your fire for a minute. Let me get through the scores before you start at each other's throats, <laughs> for God's sakes. Okay. okay. <laughs> Uh, Saturday, a good bunch of games on Saturday. Um, Port, I didn't look, think they looked terribly convincing against Carlton. I know Carlton were up for the fight with uh, Cade Simpson's 300th, but Port took a long time to get, get rid of them. Uh, 13 goals, 12.90 in the end to Carlton, 10 goals, 9.69. So 21 points against the cellar dweller. And um, if I was a power supporter, I wouldn't have been overly convinced with that. No. Well, when they have a completely scoreless third quarter against Carlton, they're getting a Cockwomble nomination for that later on. Um, But it was interesting because we're on our way into the the ground. So, of course, I'm just watching the scores coming down. Um, But it seemed that it was only that one end of the ground that was kicking end. So was there a bit of a breeze going on or was it just something weird happening that that day? I noticed that too. But it didn't really show any very much breeze up though, Nicky. I mean, it didn't seem the kicking didn't seem to be affected overly much any one way. Yeah, and yet it was all pretty much was scoring was that one way. And mm. once I knew that Port were heading in that direction in that last quarter, I was like, yeah, they're they're going to win this. Yeah. Just purely because it, it seemed to me it was they're just kicking towards that end. Port certainly struggled to beat them, um, and in the end, ultimately, I suppose their overall class did tell, but. Uh, to me, the, the the real pleasure I got out of watching that game was watching young Charlie Kerno. He is going to be something very, very special. Yeah, he's a, he's a star, isn't he? And he, considering we took Miller and didn't take him. Yeah, yeah, giving but, our stocks but, too. I wish, I wish you hadn't said that. You just that he, was the, he, was, he was the pick after, and remember, he just had a DUI. Oh, um, God. Okay. He he just been done for drink driving. Wow, that, that's a that's a. So he slid, he slid quite a way back past a lot of other teams. So he was picked. Is he's officially picked twelve in yeah, that draft? The interesting thing is, though, the people, the, the teams that take a gamble on people like that and uh, draft them for talent, not for necessarily. Uh, how they behave because they work on the theory that they can get them to behave and uh, join in the team's culture. I'd certainly endorse that. Yeah, well, given our uh, key position stocks, it would have been nice to have them on the books. Anyway, we've got Fogarty. So. Uh, look, Collingwood uh, had a reasonably comfortable win over the Suns. The Suns kind of hung around a bit, but uh, Collingwood, 14 goals, 15.99 to Gold Coast, 8 goals, 12.60. So 39 points in the end to the Maggies. They kind of won the game and then sort of just waited it out, really. Yeah, I never saw that game, and uh, I'm not <laughs> sad that I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Giants uh, had a good win against Hawthorne, although... 
sure how you rate Hawthorne. I mean, as as much as they belted us, they really should have belted us by 20 goals. And um, I don't think I've seen us play that bad. Uh, so, you know, 13 goals, 17.95 to 13 goals, 6.84. Uh, 11 points in the end at home. I don't think it signals the Giants back in the hunt just yet. No, no. But I think, but, sorry, Nick, I was just going to say it flatters uh, Hawthorne because... They had 11 more scoring shots, and a lot of those should have been goals as well. So um, I, I don't think GWS are, are a genuine premiership contender by any means. Though they've got a fantastic midfield. There's some really dynamic players go through there. Um, and But Hawthorne, I, I think you, you're right to query them, Fiend. They're, to me, they're a middle-of-the-road team, and we played shockingly against them. That was it. Mm. when we were, we looked like an absolute disorganised set. Uh, Amateur league side rather than an AFL side. Mm. Um, yeah. I I unfortunately tipped Hawthorne for that game, bastards. Um, <laughs> and I and I think it actually would have been a different game if Gunston played. As simple as that. Possibly. I think Possibly. I think Gunston is because they've been playing him down back and playing him a lot more. Very like Lynch, that very much that link man between the arcs, and he's such a clever footballer. He does so – this year he's done so many drives and got them going forward, and he delivers the ball beautifully. Um, I think he was a huge loss mm. to that Hawthorne team. Today, uh, another couple of good games. Um, St Kilda doing us a massive favour in terms of our own uh, top eight uh, prospects, getting over the line by two points in the end, 18 goals, 11-119 to Melbourne, 18 goals, 9-117. That's a loss that's really might come back to bite Melbourne on the backside later in the season. Yeah, I watched that game and it was enjoyable to watch because I was barracking against Melbourne because of the, the draft situation and uh, with us holding their first round pick. And the lower they finished, of course, the better for us. But... Um, uh, I thought they were very, very disappointing, Melbourne. Um, I, I think they never at any stage they genuinely uh, uh, looked like winning. Um, this, I see the comments being made, no lever, no Melbourne, but certainly they they, <laughs> and they they do miss him. There's no doubt about that. Mm, well, they're not as tight defence. <clears throat> Pardon me. If the midfield doesn't get on top, um, they struggle to hold teams to a score, So, uh, and that proved to be the case today. Um Essendon and North, I didn't see um, this. Just, just, Sorry, just on that, that game, if anybody wants a laugh, go to the Twitter, th- um, the hashtag for that game of the AFL, I think it's D's Saints. It is freaking hilarious seeing, once again, Melbourne supporters throw the baby out with the bathwater and having a massive tantrum. <laughs> it's, it's, good, it's, good, isn't it? it's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God, do they overreact. It's hilarious. Apparently, the whole team's filth. They should just give up the season now, and Goodwin needs to go. Uh, Anyway, uh, today as well, uh, entertaining game. I didn't see it, but I heard some of it on the the radio as I was driving around. Essendon getting up in the end, 19-11-125 to North, 16-12-108. Margin of 17, also doing us a favour. They did. As I said last week, I I enjoy watching Essendon play with their um, absolutely gut-and-run style of her footy and... um, uh, yeah, they're a pleasure to watch actually because um, it was a, it was a, in North Melbourne they played pretty well as well um, uh, and it was a real shootout in terms of the score but uh, Essendon just 
that little bit better. Well, you don't want to. You just don't want to get into a shootout with Essendon because they've got a lot of pace and they play that kamikaze style. And I didn't really note uh, North at any stage trying to shut that game down. And um, you, you've you've got to stop uh, Essendon's run. Um, they play well, no, on confidence. North- I watched the last quarter because uh, we got home from the SNFL game um, in time to watch the last quarter. And honestly, there were opportunities for North to win that. They they had to keep trying to win it. They couldn't shut it down. They had to keep playing very proactively. They got so many leg-ups from the umpires with a lot of illegal holding on Ben Brown. And it was so blatantly obvious he's be either being shepherded out of the contest, really obviously, or well and truly off the ball, making sure he's on the ground so he can't even get there to contest um, a ball coming in. I actually think North could have won that game if they were umpired fairly. Nah, bullshit. No, I don't agree, Nicky. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, considering no. the way he kicked one of, oh, one of his goals, one of it should have been a goal, but there was there was some stuff, Macker, that was just shocking. Yeah, but Absolutely Nikki, shocking. But, Nicky, there were mistakes all around the ground all day. I mean, you can't. No, I, I, had, I only watched the last quarter. That's all I saw. Well, I and it was, yeah, I it was really obvious that they, that they were hanging on to and they were impeding him. Look, I watched four quarters, and I thought Essendon deserved their win. And... Uh, Look, and and Fiend, he's hundred percent right. Of course, if you if you got to play the same it's game, right? Against, I mean, that's not it's hardly well, worth mentioning, Maka. But go on. You want a better strike rate, than Dickie? So, um, no. Excuse the, me. What happened before we oh, started Jesus. recording? So you be quiet. <laughs> Keep going, Maka. <laughs> she, she's actually throwing me right off. Um, no, because they they are very good at their gun and run game, and if you try and play the same game as them, they're going to get you. Yep. So Fiend's quite right. You've really got to slow the game down and play at your tempo, you, and, you, and, fr- and and frustrate them, and make them take chances. Yeah, that, you know that the percentage wise aren't the thing to do. So you've got to make them. You've got them. It's a bit like the tennis analogy. Make it take you. Take your finger off the button. It's like the tennis analogy that Leighton Hewitt used to play. Um, you know, make the guy hit one more shot. I think with Essendon, you've got to make them um, make one more kick, um, one more possession, um, because, um, you know, otherwise they're just two or three kicks from one end of the ground to the other and away they go. I mean, you can't have a game against the Bombers where you're kicking 23 goals in a half a footy. You're, just, you're not going to win that many games against them doing that. Anyway... And not a button to put my finger on either, by the way. No, I know. Sometimes it just comes back. I don't know why. Anyway, um, and the last game I reckon is a bit of a warning to the Crows in a couple of weeks' time because the Lions aren't the easy beats that their latter uh, position would suggest. Um, getting over Fremantle, who beat us a couple of weeks ago, uh, adding goals 11-119. Love the way there's a few 119s in this week. Uh, to Fremantle, 9 goals 10-64. So a very big win away from home by Brisbane, probably the hardest road trip for them. And uh, we're going to have to be playing well when we meet them at the Gabba in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. And I didn't see that game. I was all, all watched out by that stage. And uh, um, I see that Fife did our hamstring in that game as mm. well. Yep. Uh, yeah, he did it in the second quarter, but he was non-existent in the first quarter, Macca. So their loss of Sandilands in the warm-up um, just absolutely just 
yeah, they turned into a bit of a rabble. Yeah. But the, the guy that they brought in for Sandy when we played them did pretty well um, from memory. Uh, was it the same yeah, guy? Yeah, but they lost. I'm not too sure. Mm. I don't think I don't, I'm not sure if it was or not. Um, but yeah, they they were just uh, a bit interesting, um, and they uh, well, we've commented that even though the Lions hadn't been winning, they're playing a really good brand of football, and I don't think there's anybody in the AFL who's been scouting ahead are underestimating the Lions. Yeah, well, I think you do so at your own peril, um, because they're not. As I said, they're not. They're not a seven, eighth ranked team. If you ask me, uh, they would beat the pants off a Gold Coast and probably Sydney at the moment. Uh, not Sydney, St Kilda at the moment. So uh, mm. yeah. Anyway, look, let's get on to the main event because it's well worth talking about, shall we? Get ugly. Damn, that's ugly. Well, that song was appropriate for the first three quarters of our match. <laughs> and then it got interesting after that. <laughs> uh, look, Adelaide in the end. Uh, overpowering West Coast, 12 goals, 16, 88. Uh, 10 more scoring shots, it's worth noting. Uh, to West Coast, 12 goals, 6, 78. A margin of 10 points in the end. And welcome back, Adelaide Crows. Finally, uh, someone flicked a switch and we all turned up in the last quarter. Yep, it was a horror the first three quarters, there's no doubt about that. Um, we, we really looked very terrible. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind a dollar for every swear word I said during the first three quarters. <laughs> I because would. I'd, have a lot of, I'd have a lot of money if I, if I did because really, you know, they just they, they stuffed up everything. And it was, the choices were poor, the way they moved the ball. There was not much to um, uh, recommend the first three quarters by us at all. Um, apparently, Pikey said to them at three-quarter time, they just have a go. Just then they put took every restriction off them and just told them to have a hundred percent go and just move it as quick as they could. And I tell you what, the way we played in that last quarter was very reminiscent of us at our best last year. Um, in that last quarter, we we became irresistible, and I love it when you can get momentum up like that. And um, that's that's happened to us a few times. Over the last year or two, where teams have done it to us, and uh, it was interesting to see what the West Coast uh, coach said. He made the very point that we had such momentum up, there was no way we could be stopped. So um, I'd love to see us tr- transport that confidence, that, that self-belief and that style of game into our next week. It was a four-quarter pressure effort. So whilst you talk about the first three quarters being ugly, yeah, it was, but... We put the pressure on them all over the ground, um, and I was, I was kind of confident going into that last quarter. Weirdly, weirdly, I was because what we. Did were you have when you went out to tea on Friday night? Did you have some sort of <laughs> no. mushrooms kind of no. thing? That... <laughs> no, I had a very nice pizza. Um, well, mushrooms on the pizza, surely they come no from the mushrooms back garden. On the pizza. I don't eat mushrooms; they're horrible. Not knowing. Um, we and the the funny thing was that there was such a murmur from the crowd because the umpiring was not good 
And yeah, I want to comment on that afterwards. And just the crowd, like even at half time, and Jenkins coming off the ground was interviewed, um, and he was talking about it. And he's like, "Yeah, we we're not getting it up forward, or we, we're not kind of nailing." any of our opportunities up forward. We, we've just got to get that finish off better. But we're actually fairly okay with how we're playing. It, it's what we expected. It is, we're doing what we've wanted to do. So obviously it was that pressure around the ground um, and the continuing, which is what they were doing the whole thing. Sloney's influence was huge in that midfield. Absolutely huge because... Anytime he went off, that's when West Coast started to get that little bit extra and he came back on. Whilst he might not have got a great number of touches, everything else, and they were hanging on to him, not letting him get near the ball. But his desire and his run and his chase, it just seemed to lift that team. And it was great to see. But that last quarter was <clears throat> superb. And dude, the dude's goal. Oh, my God. That was, yeah, that was fantastic. Right. That, yeah. was, well, I, I'm, that was awesome. I, I'm just going to take it down a notch, Nick, because I think you've just gotten a bit carried away there. Um, look, the first three <laughs> quarters were horrific. Um, and yeah. to oh, say I that we were so. pressuring them uh, is just, it's just not true. Um, we pressured it. We were pressured you at the ground? Out. One moment, you, please. No, you weren't One at the ground. Ex- I was at the ground and I was watching them pressure. I was watching us push them and make them switch out wide, mm. making them waste energy, keeping mm. them across that half-back line, back and forth, back and forth, not giving them the outlet kicks, um, kicks those easy passages down the ground. Mm. They had to work for every forward entry they got. Mm-hmm. Nikki, you keep saying you were, were you at the ground. It, the, the game doesn't change because you're at the, gra- at, at the ground. No, but what the camera TV. show you does. But well, we can see the detail. And a lot, no, a but lot you can't there. see the bigger picture. You don't see what's happening up the ground because the cameras get in too bloody close. When you can't fucking kick to a teammate, you don't have to see the bigger picture. You know, if you can't mark, take a mark, if you can't handball, if you can't tackle, you, you know, you don't have to well, see Gibbs the bigger couldn't picture. bloody mark in those last couple of minutes. God, that well, was you funny. You don't need a bigger picture to see inefficiency. Well, all I'm saying is that by three-quarter time, we were down by... 20 points and and uh, it blew out to what 26 points at one stage there and some of our um, key it was it was the most dominant ha- last quarter in terms of I'm, inside 50s i'm, I'm going to have to mute you in a moment because i've given you a lot of time to talk nikki and i'd like to have a moment if you don't mind um <laughs> okay. yeah so it got out to 26 odd points and uh some of the key stats that i felt were indicative of effort were a bit down up until uh, three quarter time. In particular, um, West Coast's ability to, to um, have uncontested possession. Our, our tackle count was low for the whole match, but it was particularly low in the first half. I think we only had something like 26 or 27 tackles in the first half. Um, our clearance numbers were healthy, but our tackles inside 50 count again was very low. Um, so there are a couple of indicators early it wasn't so much i didn't think that we were lacking effort um but certainly what occurred sort of towards the back end of the third quarter and into the last as far as i could see was that we were just pushing up very high on them and uh uh, as you mentioned nick uh starting to force their kicks wide i didn't think that happened so much in the first half as it did after half time um, because our, our press went a lot higher as, as we were able to get more depth into our forward 50 entries. But, um, 
you know, I, I think I, it doesn't signal to me uh, a turning of the corner for Adelaide. I think it certainly signals maybe the team getting back into some semblance of confidence because um, I don't know how you guys feel, but when when some, when a bloke says, all right, don't worry about making mistakes, just get the ball moving as quickly as you can, be adventurous and all the rest of it, it all of a sudden it actually says to the playing group, all right, well, it's okay, we can make a few mistakes. And once you once you start playing with that freedom, um, and and start and start seeing it come off, it, it builds confidence. And and you're playing with instinct, and that instinct can lead to a, a regaining of form, uh, Macca. And that's what I felt happened as as the game wore on, particularly into that last quarter. That as we started to become more instinctive with our with our ball pattern or ball movement and our running patterns. We started to hit targets, stick marks, stick tackles, that sort of thing. Yeah, no doubt about that. Our self belief was growing. We was growing rapidly in that last quarter. Um, as I said, there was a, there was a lot of um, hesitation in making wrong selections, etc. Uh, and they they were actually just blocking us from uh, going through the middle. So we were trying yeah. to go around the, the the sides all the time, and of course. That just played right into their hands, yeah. and in the last quarter, we were we were we took that chance, and we we did hit up somebody that might have had somebody you know three or four or five meters away from them, and just get them to lead at us and put the put it, put it on their chest. And mm. we, we we took the chances in the last quarter. And that's how you do have to play if the team's going to put a uh, you know the press type of press that they did put on us. They wanted us to go to the flanks, and then and when we were going to the flanks, of course, well. Um, they dominated. Uh, they had a bit, I thought their midfield was very, very good. Shuey, Shuey in particular, was a, a real pain in the ass to us. He, he played very, very well. And Gaff, of course, you know, Nicky, you said they, they had nowhere to go. They, Gaff was an outlet for them all the time. Uh, I just, um, it was noticeable that we started using the corridor in the last quarter, and I can't remember the last time we were adventurous enough to run the ball through the, through the middle of the ground. Um, our switching was still a little slow, um, but we just uh, some of that overlap run that's been missing for such a long time and was killing us against Hawthorne, for example, where we just couldn't clear our um, our defensive fifty. Um, you know, there's no doubt that having Letty back in the team and uh, Luke Brown, who didn't get huge numbers, but I felt his his inclusion was uh, a real key for us. Um, it just allowed a couple of other blokes just to um, to get off the chain a little bit. Miller, I thought, uh, ran really well. Um, he did as well. So, you know, I think the proof of the pudding is going to be in the eating next Friday night, uh, Macca. Um, but let's hundred percent right. Let, let's let's not dwell too much on the negatives because it's uh, fantastic to see the team uh, up and about. Um, and a few smiles. I think the group need needed that win just for their own, um, you know, internal issues more than anything else. You know, see a few blokes get around each other. See Pike and the group interact positively. Um, you know, Sloney after the match commented that uh, was they spent a lot of time during the break trying to get some joy back into the club. So there's clearly been a lot of pressure and a lot of issues and. Um, you know, as Phil used to say, probably a lot of man conversations required over the last, <laughs> yeah. you know, seven to 14 days. Um, and it was great to see the, the blokes uh, show a bit of spirit in the last. 
Well, they did. They certainly did show some spirit. And the one, another thing that has to be mentioned there is about Walker. Um, you know, I think Walker was pretty ordinary in the early in the game, and and later when he kicked that goal off the ground in the third quarter, uh, and and he, I thought he the last quarter he played the role that a captain should play, and he and, and a guy with his ability should play. He, he led in that last quarter, and that's what well, we needed that as well. Reminded me a bit of Rennie taking off his knee brace. Um, yes, Macca. Yeah, um, yeah. Because he wasn't well, Tex wasn't playing great. He was certainly trying very hard, and um, he was trying a little bit too hard. I think you might be mm. right there, Nikki. I think he was so intent. He needed on, to relax. Yeah, so intent on getting the boys up and and getting us over the line that. You're right. I think at times he overplayed it a bit. Certainly that play on uh, where where he took a mark about twenty out and then played on and ended up muffing the snapshot. That that was one of those instances where it was pure adrenaline. He just wanted to get around one bloke and snap, and all he needed to do was calm down and, and slot it through from twenty. But you know, credit to him, he stuck to it, and he was a massive influence in that last quarter. It it can't be denied, and one of the better games we've seen from Tex for quite some time. The other comment I was going to want to make is about the umpiring in the sense that I knew this was going to happen. During the week, all this fuss about the home ground advantage that the uh, the noise of affirmation makes to the umpires. And uh, in West Coast, and they quoted the figures, and it is only really West Coast on their home ground that get this massive advantage in the freeze. I mean, if you take, for example, uh, not this week, but the week before, they had twice the number of freeze that the, the opposition opposition did after getting uh, slaughtered, you know. Um, so, um, and I knew that what would happen is that the umpires would come here and we wouldn't get the freeze that we should have got. In fact, they, uh, they thought they were biased against us. And as has also been pointed out in the chat, two of the umpires were from Western Australia. Why would you appoint two Western Australian umpires to umpire a Western Australian team in Adelaide? I don't well, get it. Well, Maka, here's, here's, here's how I think about it. It shouldn't matter whether the umpires are from WA, Victoria, Queensland, Papua New Guinea, as far as I'm concerned, because the rules are the rules and you're there to enforce them. And the thing that I notice, and Nikki, you might uh, um, have a view on this as well, but from, from the, the comfort of my couch at home, Nick, um, it certainly felt like one particular umpire. Um, yeah, dark-haired bloke. I know the one you mean. Had had a very different interpretation to the other two, and it it showed. Oh my god! It showed because Daniel Talia was getting absolutely towed up by this bloke, and uh, down the other end, uh, JJ probably put on about two inches around his biceps because he was carrying about three blokes around the forward <laughs> half for the whole bloody game and never never got a free. Yep, correct. To, to be fair, though, those calls on Talia were there. He was hanging on. Yeah, that, and, that's and, he was, right. and he was hanging on early. But I agree, if you're playing that down one end, you, you've got to be consistent across the whole um, area. They were not. There were a lot of uh, drops or throws um, from West Coast players that were just let go ahead of. And it was so blatant, so blatant. Yeah. I didn't think the umpiring was great anyway, but at that particular, the way their forward 50 was umpired compared to our forward 50 uh, was chalk and cheese. And, and that's where yeah. I start getting I mean, I can I can put up with a bad umpiring performance if it's kind of even across the ground, but when it's so distinctly different between one end and the other, it can really have an influence on the match. 
Yeah, and I'm glad we won the game so that I could talk about it because I, I hate complaining about umpires when you lose uh, because mm-hmm. it sounds like you, you, you're blaming them for the whole loss, whereas there would be many factors why you contributed to the loss yourself. But, you know, we won it, but I was really, really un- unhappy with the umpiring and in particular that one particular umpire with the dark hair and number, was he 26 or some number like that? Um, it was Margetts, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's his name. But he's, but it, yeah, he's uh, not that good. Well, when you, when you get you know, neutral supporters commenting on the umpiring, um, then you know there's something wrong. Yeah, hey, look, I, thought, well, I, I thought, give, thought he was biased. Yeah, he was biased. Now I've given you guys your head, so let's get back on track here. We've got to go through some head-to-head stats um, before we okay. go get carried on, carried away. Uh, disposes. We ended up thirty up, um, and very much a um, a kicking game from both teams. Uh, West Coast in particular, 216 kicks to 119 handballs. We were a little bit better than that, but both both teams are happy to kick the ball. Um, West Coast took more marks around the ground, 89 uh, to 79. Whoever contested marks, uh, we won 18 to 10, which just shows that's what I was kind of talking about before, Nick, that we're allowing them just to chip around there for a while. Uh, marks inside 50 were even. Uh, tackles, as I mentioned, 53 to 81. That's still a bit of a worry. Um, I, I, I didn't feel like we were at them for three quarters. Uh, and I, I reckon, I don't know the last quarter stats for tackles, but I reckon we might have got, you know, a, a, you know, 15 or so tackles or even more, 20 maybe in that last quarter. Cause I think at half time it was like 27 tackles that we'd had, which just isn't enough. Um, Sam Jacobs, the, the hitouts forty to forty-seven don't tell the story, and we'll talk about Source when we get into the individuals. But uh, Source is a standout, in my opinion. He was. Um, he, he was terrific. Yep. Uh, what else have we got here? Clearances. Uh, we won the clearances forty-four thirty-four, um, up by four in the centre clearances, and up by six around the ground. So um, again, indicative. Um, it it kind of shows, doesn't it? Because they're not huge disparities, and yet. Um, Jacobs was able to give first use so often that I, I felt like what we've been saying about the opposition having more decisive clearances over the last month or two, guys, I feel like we had the more decisive uh, and the more effective clearances um, this week, iris- particularly in that last quarter, but irrespective of the stats. Oh, there's no doubt about the Jacobs wearing the clock back. He, uh, I mean, he was against two, uh, two guys who I regard as pretty good uh, Rappin in uh, Nadanui and uh, even Lyson is a very reasonable uh, uh, tap Rappin. And uh, Jacobs, that was easily the best. He, he, he timed his uh, leap, if we call it that, the distance he gets off the ground. It's not very high, but he did time it very well and he used his body very well and he positioned himself well. And he did give us uh, quite often first use of the ball. And um, the stats that sort of stand out to me is that we did win the clearances um, we inside fifties were nearly double. Yeah, That's I'm gonna only... I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. Um, Mika, okay, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave that one to you. Yeah. Um, but we did also win the contested possessions. So we didn't win the tackles, but we did win contested possessions. And uh, you know, I think if you can win clearances and you can win contested possessions, it does help you very much on your way to winning a game. Yeah, plus twenty nine on just... contested posies, um, and overall effective possessions were up by ten. Yeah, the the way he was tapping to different positions. That that was, was very noticeable, wasn't it, Nick? That he wasn't yep. his usual 
you know, front left sort of position. He was a couple over the shoulder and a couple, you know, palming off like to the offside, you know, on on his right. It's very noticeable. And is is that Sloney actually directing a bit more in the midfield? It's possible. It's possible. I mean, Gibbs got on the end of a couple of rippers. Uh, oh, there's one episode. in the last quarter that was mm. just superb when he was on the move. It yeah, was just the like, middle. and it was the, the and it was the behind the back one. Yeah, he this just a, knew he was going past. Now, Mac had touched on a stat earlier, which is very confusing. That and I've I've watched the game in parts again, and I still can't quite pinpoint it. Uh, West Coast had 20, uh, 46 to 20 rebound 50s. Our inside 50s were 66 to 34, so almost double. Um, our scores per inside 50s are 2.36 to 1.89. Um, West Coast kicked their score, their 13 goal, uh, their 12 goals on the back of th- uh, 34 inside 50s. Um, we kicked our score, uh, notwithstanding we had 10 more scoring shots, but... 66 uh, inside 50s. Looking at the game, I didn't actually... It wasn't as noticeable, and I was very surprised. And I don't know about you, Mac, and maybe I was asleep, but I was very surprised at that disparity. I, I didn't feel like the game was being played so much in our front half. No, well, I, I did feel it was. Um, it wasn't necessarily right in our goal square, but um, it'd be interesting if you drew a heat map of it. I'd say that... It operated mainly from about our half forward line to just behind the centre line most of the most of the mm. time, and that. Um, but because we did we didn't bring the ball in very well, and also they they had men back as well. Um, they dropped Waterman, I think it was back back loose in defence there, and at one stage they put another man back there as well. Um, they had a certain uh, and PJ adds quite a lot of shallow entries, and I agree with that. That's because we were often clearing from that, as I said, just behind centre, and it's lobbing just inside the 50. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I did see it that way, because I one that, that actually gave them the opportunity a couple of times to get goals when they did the quick rebound over the top, and uh, because it had been in our uh, area for so long, all the players had drifted up perhaps higher than they should have drifted up, and, and when they got back there, uh, I can remember, I can, Remember one in particular by the young Aboriginal lad who's got, got a lot of ability. Um, Ryan. Yeah, that's him. Uh, yeah, he got one. He, sh- and- he should have had a bloody free paint against him for the whack in the face. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And they end up with a goal. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I know the one you're talking about, Nicky, but um, yep. coming back to the topic, though, I'd, yeah, I, 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 I did see it that way, uh, Phoenix. Yeah, how about you, Nick? How did it feel at the ground? It, um, so that was what I was talking about, that pressure, because you were seeing the chip back and forth across our, our forward line because we'd pressured up the ground. We weren't giving them for most of the time. Occasionally they were going to get through um, just because we know that the team we've got out there and, you know, what we've been lacking, etc. But it was that that second kick up, the way we manned up, we we put a press on them. We were really, really honest with just making sure we were fairly man on man. Um, and then in that last quarter, they had to put McGovern down to the back lines. And all of a sudden when they got the ball, yeah, they got two goals and they were fast breaks. But any other time they got it, they didn't have McGovern to 
um, keep them honest up forward and, and being that really great direction. So we had Cheney behind the ball and he was just mopping everything up because they were having to do quick blind kicks out and you looked how free our defence was because of that's what we were doing and yeah, that's but, what I was really impressed with. But I felt like we were zoning rather than a frontal pressure, Nick, and I, I felt like our was, defensive spread no, was better, but I didn't feel like we were, we were sort of in up in their faces. Um, we were making sure that they couldn't get that fast break most of the time. So... Um, they were, as as often is the case, you've often got that they've got an extra player in the back lines, just like we've got an extra player in the back line. So your forwards, when they're trying to put that pressure on, they're manning up, one of them's often manning up two players instead of one. So it's standing in that position so that you can cover either, you can get across, okay, he might mark it, but you're going to get across so they can't get a quick possession off and they've got to go back and make a decision and the number of times did you see they would go across the ground and then they had to switch it back again because they switched it across and there was nothing there because we'd covered up the ground. Mm. Um, and the majority of that across the midfield was actually more man-on-man. Man. I mean, And I'm- then we had that mix in the back line of a bit of zoning but still being close enough mm. to then go to the man-on-man man as we needed. It, it was It was quite good to see. And that's why I said I felt that I had that confidence that, we could possibly do this, even though we would have to kick, ex- you know, in one quarter. Double our score, basically. Double our score. But then again, I'm looking at the forward going, going, we've kind of got some players we can do that with. We just needed to get better at delivery into the forward line because we mm. were getting our fair share. Yeah, I, I didn't quite see it the same way as you, Nikki. I, I, I didn't think we put massive pressure on them. Um, I, I thought we were more zoning, as Fiend said. Um and then, of course, um, if you do zone, it, it, it does get into a situation where um, it does create contest as well when, if they're not 100% spot on with their kick. So in that sense, you're right. We, we probably were scratching and clawing, all right? But um, I think the essential way, way we, were, we, were, we, we, we had a press and a zone. There's no doubt about that. Because, um, uh, I see some Brent, Brent and Beck who disagrees with most things. There's closing space is pressure. Um, well, yes, it is, but... It, oh, we're not talking uh, about closing space, though. We're talking about guarding space. Yeah, I think, I think that's how we did it. Mm. Uh, look, and I, I felt like at times we were getting in our own way uh, in terms of our own built ball movement, um, and I wasn't... I, I felt like Simpson persevered too long with um, McGovern down back because I, I feel like they just lost a lot of drive... Off, off their half back line as much as they were clearing the ball uh, you know out there he, he's quite a decisive um, player and he tends to cut through zones a little bit with his with his disposal and I just felt like it was the wrong move um, I could see why they did it they wanted marking power but my fear before the game was that they were going to get us on the outside with their with their class and their midside forwards uh, were just going to clean us up because I felt like we looked a little bit top heavy um, and I, I don't feel as if um, Simpson took advantage of that, to be honest. No, I thought our, the, uh, there's no doubt that our guys in defence did work very, very hard. There's no doubt about that uh, because Gaff was uh, providing a lot of run through there. Um, the number of times that they used Gaff, they, they switch it across and find Gaff and then he, then he would run. But uh, our boys in the background, I did, they did 
while they were zoning, they, they did close the space very, very quickly. And I thought that, it, you know, I suppose that's why, Nikki, you were, you were talking about pressure because they did in that sense. Yeah. And I was actually quite pleased with how Hardigan was playing on McGovern because he's a bloody good player. And I thought that was a great contest to watch. That was really absorbing. So even though McGovern, like a couple of his goals he got, and I'm still looking going, I don't think Hardigan could have done anything better well, in those situations. A, one of them was just a snap off the, out, out yeah. of the pack. And, and he still had done really well to um, Hardigan, that is, to try and nullify the contest and, and not make it easy. Which no, is, yeah. He played well. He played well. Yeah. Had, Until he tried to kick the ball. Um, <laughs> that was he a bit worry. I always said you can't let the guy think. Yeah. Look, I um I felt Hardigan did all right too, and I, there's a big difference when, when if you're a marking player, irrespective of how good you are. There's a big difference between being the bloke having to initiate the lead and and take the mark in an, in an attacking sense or in an attacking context, rather than being the bloke that can uh, can follow up on a, on a uh, a forward and just come over the top with a spoil or, or whatever. And I feel like when McGovern plays up forward. He often doesn't run to the right spots, um, whereas get him one on one in in defence, uh, where the where he's basically for, following a forward or, or dropping in the hole or whatever, he, he gets a bit more opportunity to read the ball. Um, now I, I don't I don't particularly like McGovern up forward for that. No, waste waste of a good player in in that sense because um, in the back lines he's got incredible he reads the play incredibly well and. Uh, mm. And, he, and his judgment of his marks is fantastic. But, um, and he, the, he makes really good decisions actually coming out of defence, Macca, and delivering yeah. into the forward line. He and does. I think that's what they missed. And in the, but when, he, when he's up forward, he's the one that's got to make that play rather yeah. than yeah, exactly wait, for right. it, wait for it to happen and react to it. So, uh, uh, yeah, and he, it's, a, it's, a, it's a totally different ball game. Yep. Um, look, let's... Uh, Go through some individual stats, shall we? Um, because it was nice to see a few blokes back and a few blokes back hitting a little bit of form. Probably led just like as if he'd never stopped playing, just comes back and gets a lazy 32, 13 and 19, <laughs> eight marks, a tackle. Look, in, don't start interrupting me, Macca. Sorry. Uh, I'm very sensitive. You are. <laughs> PM, PMT? Uh, I, I, no, after Barry Hall, I'm not talking about anything to do with those sorts of things. Uh, two inside <laughs> 50s, two rebound 50s, only the five contested posies, but went at 87 and a half. He, you know, when you haven't watched Rory play for a couple of weeks you, and then he comes back in, you just notice how well he he reads the play and he always puts himself in the right positions. He, that little human stump, he is incredible. He just plays... The he desk. Plays. He, he plays like he's at the desk, that's right. He plays like he's six foot six, and yet he's not. He, he's, he, look, he's just an incredible, incredibly good, courageous player who reads the ball beautifully. He had a great game. Yeah, he was helping. The, I think just having him in the back lines, and, and particularly him and Brown, and the, there was a couple of times there was that fast little, okay, you're about to be closed down. Oh, I'm here next. Oh, there's he's there. He's there. That they just kind of kept moving it around till they could get that freeness to, to get the kick out. Um, it, and it's just the maturity that they show in their decision-making in doing that. Um, and it was, and I think he had to do a bit more because we didn't have Kelly 
because Kelly was being used on the wing. Mm. Uh, talk about Kelly in a minute. Um, Maddie Crouch uh, returned to some semblance of form after a couple of weeks back in following, following the hammy. Uh, 12, in the last quarter. Yeah, 12 and 20 for 32. Uh, took a mark. Nine tackles, though, which is excellent. Four inside, 56 clearances. Uh, 20 contested possessions. That's a team and a game-high 20 possessions for Matty Crouch. And a bit of a flip for him because we've seen him more outside the contest over the last month or so, but uh, he was back inside uh, on Saturday night. Uh, only went at 62.5, but I felt overall his ball use, and uh, particularly by foot, was a, a little bit more decisive than it has been. Um and uh, eight score involvements too, uh, with eight intercept possessions. Uh, nice to see Matty looking like he's running back on top of the ground a bit now. He was oh, yeah. frustrating the hell out of me in those first couple of quarters, though, because he was back to that whole, I'm going to get it and I'm just going to turn a handball backwards to somebody because I don't want it, you know, that that we've been lamenting about since he's kind of come back. And the last quarter he just started moving forward and kicking it. And we're like, ah, oh, thank you. That's the one we saw it last year. And he started yeah. to, that was back. I was having his whole game, Nicky, because of the fact that he was at least getting the ball. And um, um, and I think Phoenix is right because he, he a lot of that board's contested as well. He was back in the, in the inside there boring away. And, uh, mm. uh, yeah, I, I, I did. I really liked his game. I thought he was sort of back to... Uh, the type of game that gives us a good value for for his touches, and you also the other thing I, I did want to mention just in passing was the fact that, um, you know, there was a lot of hoo ha when Vince was traded so that we could get the draft pick that we got him for. I noticed that Vince didn't even make the twenty two for Melbourne list this week, and oh. Matty Crouch is one yeah. of our very best. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that we won on that trade, uh, as much yep. as I like Bernie. Um, I, I think we won out on that. Um, Price yep. Gibbs, interesting game. He got 28 touches, 17 11, two marks, four tackles, nine inside, 56 clearances, 12 contested possessions, went at nearly 79%, uh, seven score involvements, and gained a team high 550 metres, uh, and also a game high 500. Oh no, second only to Hutchings, uh, and five intercepts. And yet, at times, I felt like Bryce wasn't very damaging with ball in hand. I mean, they're exceptional numbers, and yet that doesn't really seem to describe the game that I watched. Well, I can tell you now, I, I, I would say um, that the coach gave him shit at half time. He, he would have said, because his first half was shocking, absolutely shocking. He was in the, in the wrong position most of the time, or didn't he, and he was actually hanging out a lot, and he wasn't going in half of the ball. In the second half, um, there's no doubt he increased his endeavours to get the ball quite dramatically. And uh, and I thought he played a good second half, but uh, Pikey, I reckon, would have ripped into him at halftime. Uh, no, I don't think it was that, Macca. I think it was they changed the setup um, because we've commented just before about how Crouch was being more outside and he was more inside. Um, and what ha- Because we didn't have Cam Ellis-Yolman. Um, playing so Crouch had to go back in a bit more inside. So what we did was actually trying to be Bryce to be a bit more outside whilst Matt was being inside. That's what was happening there. We made some adjustments in the second half and it paid off. That play he did in the last quarter where he's surrounded by four West Coast players and he's just like, I'm just going to run between all four of you. 
just that calmness of being able to, and the delivery he then did was just superb. Um, I was quite pleased with his game watching it at the ground. Um, I thought he was being very proactive and, and that showing up in those stats that you quoted, um, Phoenix. Yeah, no, I, I'm certainly not unhappy with uh, him being proactive. I just felt like his uh, his disposal... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He's, I don't know. He, still, he still does that, Carlton, I just have to kick it forward and hope. Mm. I, I think that, that's maybe. still in there. He, um, I think he's still kind of learning our patterns a bit. Yeah. And, and as to where to um, kick. And as um, Buddy Magic's pointed out, Gibbs was forward at times. Yeah. I really like the start of the last quarter. We put Hugh in the midfield at the start of the last quarter and we had Gibbs on the half forward line. That's what helped that spark. Well, I think that was one of the benefits of having Sloney back in the team. It allowed us to be a little bit more creative with our midfield rotations. Um, you know, rather than just you know on and off the bench, I think we were able to rotate a bit through the through the forward half as well. Um, and I and I was really pleased they never ever put Hampton in the midfield. Mm. They just kept him up forward. I was really pleased with that because he's mm. a liability in the midfield. No, he's not. Had some played some really good games in the midfield, Nicky. That's a silly thing to say. Not not the silly way he's been to playing say. lately. Silly he, thing to say. He led contested possessions in the first eight games last year, Nicky, when he was in the midfield. Yeah, but he doesn't bloody defend. Oh, it's, it's pressure acts and contested ball numbers are excellent. Um, anyway, he, no, he didn't play um, there, so we don't ha- have to talk about it. Yeah, he hasn't been that good in the SNFL on those stats yeah, from what SNFL I've been saying, a, watching him. SNFL, I've given that up on that as being an indicator. Uh, Richie Douglas, interesting game because I, I was I was all over him in the first half. I thought he was pathetic. Um, Agreed. And then in the second half, particularly towards the end of the third and into the last, he started to pick his game up. 13-9, and nine, though, isn't enough really. Uh, 22 touches, four marks, three tackles, three inside, 56 clearances, uh, 12 contested. Uh, so his numbers certainly picked up. Five score involvements, 350 metres gained. Turned it over a little bit. But, uh, yeah, game of two halves. Definitely. Well, the comment, comment from our group at halftime was he was probably one of our better players. So what does that say? Uh, we actually I, thought we thought he was actually quite influential in trying to get the ball forward. Um, and he was doing some, some nice things in in that kind of part of it. But there was the delivery issues into our forward lines. Are you sure you guys didn't have those mushrooms? Uh, um, <laughs> Nikki, uh, there, there was some nice. Uh, there were, I think there was a bit of Kilkenny and Guinness that was being drunk beforehand, but that wasn't by me. I'm starting to wonder. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I, I have to agree with Phoenix. Douglas was very, very quiet in the first half. Mm. Yeah, um, we'll just get past the text for a minute. We'll go to uh, Tom, uh, who I thought was excellent. 11-11 for 22. Uh, did a five marks, uh, which surprised me. I thought he took a few more. Three tackles, um, three rebound 50s, eight contested, went at 86.5%, three one-percenters, five score involvements, including his first from the boundary there. 11 intercept possessions, though, which is excellent. Um I know they're all talking about Stevenson, but gee whiz, for a first-year lad, he's fantastic. I think, honestly, he does deserve to, to win the Rising Star Award, in my opinion, because um, he has won his position, I think, 
in virtually all but about one game this year. And um, he's, and in my opinion, I mean, every bit as good as Lever. Uh, to us, there has been, to, I don't think, any noticeable loss in Lever. And Stevenson's surrounded by how many other players in that midfield, Nutford and Collingwood, that are helping him, as opposed to somebody like Duday, who's playing in a back line that is in a team that is, you know, half and half and wins and losses and not playing well, which means the ball's getting down in that area a lot more. There's a lot more pressure. And as you um, said, Phoenix, he's probably lost one game in terms of position. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Nicky. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's easy to get, a, you know, kicks on the ball, etc. cetera. Um, but when you're in the back lines, you're, you've got a lot of accountability. And so you can do a lot of good things and then a couple of, if you make a couple of errors and it shows up and you get a, a big debit against your name. And I, for me, I, I, I've really loved his season. And I think, and I know that, the guys are saying Stevenson will probably get it in a lot because he's a Victorian and Eddie will make sure. And they're probably right. But all I'm saying is that, in my opinion, I, I think that our guys deserved it. Mm. Well, put it this way, whether he wins or not, he's, uh, we haven't lost anything across that half-back line with Tom. And I think we've actually probably gained I, a I, bit more. Look, I'd agree with you, actually, uh, Nicky. And that's not to discredit Jake because he is a very good player and he's obviously made a difference to that Melbourne side and they're missing him at the moment. Um but I, I feel like he's a little bit one-dimensional, uh, whereas Tom, I think, has got a couple more strings to his bow. Um, he looks a more natural player, if you ask me. Um, and, uh, yeah, not unhappy at all with that whole outcome. Um, but let's – look, I've, I've absolutely – Come on. Just, just on his goal, hmm. that was so much pressure. And how calm was he? He didn't seem to feel the pressure at all. No. He certainly didn't seem to, anyway. All right. I, ju- I, I just hope we can make finals because I think he will just be outstanding in finals at some stage. At some stage next year. Um, I've <laughs> smashed Source over the last month or so. Um, really? I had, I had yeah, so really? Credit, credit <laughs> no. where it's due. Credit where it's due. And it just shows to me that the poor bloke needed a break. Yep. Because how much better did he look? He was moving more freely. Uh, he seen fresher in his mind. He was getting involved when the ball was on the deck. Uh, a little bit of that length play that we love so much. Um, 18 possessions, 11 kicks, uh, a couple of marks, 39 hitouts, kicked uh, a goal. Um, look, I just felt like that was the source that, uh, that we know um, and we probably haven't seen for six months, I reckon. Yeah, um, uh, he had he not had that back problem as well, and uh, just that week off, I think, has given him a chance to recover a little bit from that as well. But uh, I mean, the last game he played before the break was an absolute stinker, absolute stinker, and you were quite right. I mean, you really got into him, and uh, um, but it was good to see him back to what the guy that we re- you know we've always loved and rated because he is good at his best. He's a very very good ruckman. And because we were very bewildered as to why they weren't playing O'Brien and now we know that he'd been carrying a shoulder injury so they didn't want to play him in the AFL, obviously, Mm, because of that. They still had options, Nick. Let's not go down that road. They needed, I mean, they needed to give Sam a break in a couple of games. Yeah, they did. But Hunter's out injured. 
Deer's done his uh, hurt his knee, and um, who else have we got? Yeah, well, Deer hadn't done his knee back when Source needed a break. Uh, not and Hunter, I don't think had done his ankle either. But anyway, yeah, he had. Hunter's been out for quite a while. Anyway, look, Source needed a rest. He got the rest during the bye, and uh, he reminded us why uh, he's valuable when he's playing well. Uh, Seisman, I thought, was serviceable too, although he didn't get as much of the ball as he possibly could have. Uh, 13 and 5 for 18, three marks, four inside 50s. Uh, disposal efficiency was pretty crap, 55%. Um, so, you know, probably a, a, an average game for Seed, but he did a couple of nice things there towards the end. What was his overall distance gained? Uh, it was only 300, uh, 482, so not terrible, but not great by his standard. Well, not huge. I mean, Tex had yeah. 462 uh, by comparison, although most of those were 60-metre bombs for goal. Yeah, so that is down on... Because uh, he's been doing a lot of 600s and even up to 700, you know, so um, uh, in one game. Um, yeah, it's down a bit. Um, he was useful. He, he was a useful player, and... I'm surprised about the efficiency rating because um, it certainly didn't strike me that no. that way during the game. No, not really. Um, look, Huey as well, uh, I, I felt like he was in and out of the game but really came to the fore in the last quarter again. 12, 12 and 6 for 18, three marks, uh, kicked a goal, five tackles, six inside yes. 50s, five clearances, 12 contested posies, pardon me. Um, disposal efficiency also down but... Uh, I felt like after a slow start, well, we all started slow, but I felt like after a slow start, um, he came good towards the end there. Yeah, great last. He had a great last quarter. How did he look on the at the game, Nick? Nick's gone. Where is, where's she gone? No, she's had a gutful. No, I'm here. <laughs> no. Sorry. See, you, I've you suspected must- for a while that you step away from the podcast when me and Mac are crapping on. So- no, no, no. I pressed the wrong um, button, the push to talk one. Um, it obviously, even though it's the same kind of the symbol on the other side, that one doesn't work because no. I've, I've got two cats trying to sit on me, so I've had to move the laptop around. We, we, um, we, we, we caught you eating your mushroom, Nikki. <laughs> no, I've been listening. Um, for me, it was what you said about um, Huey just being a bit in and out, um, but there was that. I think we've kind of done this before where we seem to have given him that little bit of rest in the middle of the game so he can go a, a bit bunter mm. in that last quarter when everybody else gets tired. Um, they were deliberately putting a lot quicker players on him um, and West Coast trying to exploit him and that was happening earlier in the game. And once we'd really started to wear them out with that, making them kick back and forth and run and, and chase around, that he was then able to use his lack of pace but how clever he is in terms of his body positioning, etc. And that pass from Gallucci and the way he marked the ball to protect it was just superb. Yep, agree, agree. Uh, look, Miller, again, when he was off halfback, looked really good, 11-7 and seven for 18, five marks, um, three rebound 50s, uh, really good disposal efficiency, 94%. Um, uh, it's his spot at halfback, isn't it? Yeah, and he, he, he is going to be a very good player in the long run, but he's, he's got that, um, he has that ability to have more time than most people. And at this stage... He looks, still, still looks like he's a bit of a baby playing the game. He, he hasn't got it totally mastered yet, but mm. uh, 
Um, you know, when it all comes together for him, I think he's going to be very, very good because he, the players that have ability to create time and space are always very, very good players. Come on, Nick. Uh, oh, look, sorry, I was typing something. For God's sake. You're on a podcast, not, a, not in a chat room. <laughs> Let them chat amongst themselves. <laughs> okay. We're talking about the cats trying to sit on it, for God's sake. <laughs> no, um, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that Miller off the the halfback line. As, as we've said, pretty much all year, let him run straight at the ball, um, and and it's just going to be so beneficial. Um, he was matched up a, against mostly Liam Ryan, I think, um, and it was it was very tiring for him. He seemed to. Blow, be blowing up a bit in the first quarter. Um, so whether that just that little bit back from the break didn't quite um, help him, um, but he really started to, to get into that game in the last quarter. He was he did some beautiful passes. Yeah. Now, some might be surprised, but I reckon this next guy was just about our best, actually. Daniel Talia. Uh, he only got the 15 touches, only took three marks, four inside 50s. Um, went eighty six percent, fourteen one percent as though, uh, and six intercepts. I just felt like he was a rock, and had he not been bent over by that umpire, I think he would have been a standout best. But I certainly had him in our in, in our best three. Very high up, uh, he played a great game, and he always does. He earns nothing but to give a hundred percent. Um, and Nicky, you said that you know he was mauling the guy and all the rest of it, but no, he, he wasn't mauling, but he did hang on. They were there. But the two, the two decisions that that led to goals, um, even Brian Taylor, who who I always get the impression absolutely hates us, made the comment that they and we're watching the replay each time they weren't. Taylor really wasn't like, commentating. I beg your pardon. No, we didn't Anthony, have BT. Anthony, we had Hudson uh, and... Um, we had Hudson, Dunstall and um, Oh, Rory. no, Dun- sorry, Dunstall. My apologies. I, Dunstall well, doesn't hate us. Well, I, I, I didn't think he was really for us, but he actually made the comment each time, and I, I take it back because Brian Taylor wouldn't have. Um, uh, yeah, but he, he made the comment each time that there wasn't enough in it for a free kick. Yeah, there, there normally isn't. Um, but by the letter of the law, they're there. Um, so I I do agree that they were bloody harsh. And as Phoenix pointed out, that there were similar ones going on down an air forward line and not being paid. Um, and that's kind of what gets us riled up. Um, but at the time when I'm looking at it, the replay going, it was there. He did grab hold early. And that's often they're, they're being a bit more mindful of that unfortunately but there's there's not much that you know you can really do as a defender that's what you're going to do um unfortunately but i wouldn't put him best for me i think it might be source but you're you're correct phoenix he's he was pretty much up there mm. yeah, he was up there I, w- I wouldn't have had him best either but he was but he's always gives a, gives a great game in my opinion and he, he would be right up there yeah, I think yeah. the only I think the only player who's ever really beaten him is Kennedy. Kennedy is good. Yeah, he, he does have good. trouble with Kennedy, but I, I just he's felt the like only he, one. You know, uh, 
Tiles had the had the had the possibility of being exposed um, on Saturday night because he didn't really have a great matchup. Um, I just felt like he was very, very, very good. Uh, good to see Rory Sloan back. I felt he struggled uh, at times with the pace of the game, but uh, as usual, gave it a million percent. Only got the fourteen touches, but eight tackles um, and seven clearances uh, with thirteen contested possessions. So. That's the kind of thing you want someone who's not maybe in so good a form to be doing, just at, at the coal face, doing the hard things. And uh, I think, uh, assuming he pulls up well, I think that's a good starting point for Rory for the second half of the season. Yeah, it gives him something to kick off from, doesn't it? Uh, because, um, and in fairness too, he, he hadn't played, I think he's, uh, round four was his last game, and that's a long, long time ago. And this was round 15? Um, and with but with a buy in between, <laughs> yes, I know that we were arguing about that pre the game. I was wrong, um, and so that's twelve weeks. So the guy hadn't played for twelve weeks, and uh, and then he's gone straight back into the side. And obviously, yeah. nobody nobody just jumps straight into it and yeah. goes one hundred percent. And he'll be a hundred percent better for that particular game. In fact, he was getting better as the game went on. So, um, and as Nicky. Once, for once, correctly said, um, <laughs> he, he, he went. He was throwing his body and went in very, very hard, um, and for the ball. So, um, yeah, he's just going to get better and better. On the fourteen possessions, it's a bit hard to get more when you've got a human backpack on you for pretty much the entire game. Yeah, not not nice. Simpson tagging him, bloody first up after a spell. But I think that brings Rory. That kind of gets him a little bit fired up in a way to then I mean it doesn't take much to get him fired up and, and to go back but um, I think he was being very clever knowing that and it was pleasing to see that um, when he's been tagged there's been issues with how he can influence the game and I think that even though he only got the 14 possessions I think there was a lot of his influence he was Figuring out how not to beat the tag to get those possessions, yeah. but how to beat that tag to still influence the yeah. game. Yeah. Look, of the rest, um, I, I felt Curtly Hampton did okay, considering he was in a in a role that he probably wouldn't have been used to as a defensive forward. Um, yeah, I, 14, I was happy with his game. Yeah, fourteen touches, three marks, kicked a nice goal, five tackles, um, and nine contested posies. And the seed sealer, it was Hampton's work the bottom of the pack. So when Seed kicked that goal, half those forwards went to Hampton first to congratulate him. Yeah, it was it was a really deft little touch and uh, or a little smother there um, or interception there. So, uh, no, look, a, a lot of people bag curtly. I, I like him um, and I'm happy he's in the side and it'll be interesting to see how they use him going forward. Uh, DMAC uh, provided the turning point of the game when he went off. Um, had ten I'll and two stop for it. <laughs> No, that's unfair. 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 He's going to be out for many weeks for those ribs. Yeah, didn't look good at all. He looked in a bit of strife. Actually, he had twelve posies, uh, three marks. His numbers are actually free. Yeah, is why? because he got tackled. Um, he was dumped to the ground after he disposed of the ball by Shuey. Mm. He was actually. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that should have been a free kick. Possibly. Not possibly, uh, should have. Yeah, okay. 
should have. Um, look, Josh Jenkins, <laughs> I thought, worked hard um, without much reward, um, but kicked a couple, couple of goals. He missed Eddie. We really, I think we he missed Eddie. Oh, because just, there are other small forwards, we had playing up higher. So he was bringing that ball to ground, and that's when they were able, West Coast were able to to push it out because he didn't have that small forward around his feet like he yeah. normally would to take advantage. But the one thing we we do have to give him some credit for because, I mean, Bean and I, we were really into him when he was playing that very, very soft football. Mm. But, but you know, he is trying 100% at the moment. I, I've got no, yep, uh, no doubt. No, no qualms about him at all. Took a nice contested mark and, and looked like he just about surprised himself when he when he ended up with the ball in his hands there. Um, Shot no, me. I, no, look, I've got no problems with how Josh is playing at the moment, and I felt like he uh, he he got copped a fair amount of attention uh, on the weekend. So uh, no dramas with that. I'd like to see him get more of it, um, but you know, two two and uh, uh, sort of did did enough. I think, uh, but you'd like a bit more. Um, I, I did like him up against Nat Nui in the ruck. Um, yeah. I thought he actually did pretty good against Nat him. Nui. I think Nat Nui's carrying a back or something. He couldn't jump. Um, look, <laughs> I thought Paholke was all right. I thought Luke Brown, uh, despite not getting a huge amount of the ball, was uh, integral to our back line looking a little bit more settled. Hardigan was great in the air. Uh, muffed a few kicks under pressure but um, as I've said to you before Maka I think we need to accept what we get with Kyle and I've, I felt like he did his primary job well I had a good game yep. had a good game uh, the Gooch there's a couple of things that Gooch does every week where you think oh wow that's good and he, he broke clear with pace through the midfield in that last quarter on, on, on an occasion and he just felt it, it, a lot of players would have been caught and he was able to shrug the tackle and continue on forward and uh, he shows something, Gallucci. I loved. There were three times he looked, saw who was chasing, went, "Oh, it's Nat Nui," and then just took off. But, but he, he and know, he know, and we know Nat Nui's fast, I mean, and he, he was just like, "Nah, I got you." You look at his stats, and they're not they're not outstanding, but there is something special about this lad. And he's got brilliant acceleration. He's got pace, and he's got the ability to uh, do beautiful kicks. From a bending over position, uh, you know, like his his body is actually he's running flat out and he's he's about to get grabbed. So, but he doesn't wait. He straightens up to kick the ball. He's actually crouched over the ball and still does a lovely kick because uh, he's getting lower for the 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 uh, perfect drop, Macca. That's well, what it is. He's getting well, that that nice perfect drop on the ball. So it doesn't matter what position his body's in. But what I like about him is he's actually ambidextrous. He's both sides. Yes, he yeah. is, and um, you know. It, the, the games we've been putting into him and Paholke, uh, they will get rewards for that in the long term because these boys are now... I mean, Paholke's starting to look like he uh, like he fits a bit. Uh, you know, yeah. he's not he's not, not frightened one little bit. And uh, he's got... Paholke's got sticky hands. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, he has got good hands, Nicky. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Colucci's got the pace. So they, they, they've got assets, and, uh, and I think they're going to be good players for us in the, in the years to come. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Macca, I think, you know, they're playing bit roles at the moment. They're peripheral to the main event. Um, but when they when it's their turn, I, I think they're making a good account of themselves, those two youngsters. Um, yep. Cole Chaney did all right. Uh, he's just there for a reason, and I think he's fulfilling his, his purpose without uh, anything special at the moment. Jake Kelly. Smart, 
Yeah, nice, Mark. He's good at those. Uh, Jake Kelly um, was okay. Uh, you reckon he was Paul playing? Parker was playing on a wing. Yeah, that's definitely out of position for Jake. Um, so well, did that happen after DMAC went down or what, what no. was the deal there? Nope. Nope, because we didn't have Atkins and Wilson was out. So our wing rotation. So, so McKay did was part of that as well. But um, Kelly was um, part of the wing rotation. Mm, he, he was, yeah. Mm. Which is why he- because we know he's got that tank. He's got a midfielder's tank. He's got that. Yeah, he got so caught on the turnover, was, turnover a couple of times. He did, yeah. He did because he doesn't have the speed. No. Um. Uh. But I think we. It seemed to be we were using him to really try and counter more as a defensive wingman. Mm. Um. So I wasn't. I wasn't too unhappy with that because I, it's not his natural position. I think we'd be talking more about um, Jake's game if we'd lost. In, in fact, there's probably three or four, if we were to be perfectly honest, I, that we would be talking more about if we'd lost the game because true. When, when you actually look at – we only had, uh, what's that, six players over 20 posies um, for the match uh, and that included Tex and Tom. So, you know, after Matty Crouch and Bryce Gibbs – it really fell away in the midfield. Uh, you know, Douglas sort of redeemed himself in the last quarter, as did Hugh Greenwood. Um, but we had a few. We had, we had a lot uh, of uh, of sub fifteen um, possession winners. So yeah, I, I I'm just conscious of, of not like at the end of the game, you're all up and about and all the rest of it. When you actually look at it in the cold hard light of day, we played three pretty average quarters of football. Um, and not, I'm not talking about effort, Nick. I'm talking about execution. Yeah, um, yeah, we had some poor execution. And uh, you know, I felt like we we sort of forced ourselves to gain a little bit of confidence there in the last quarter, and and hopefully uh, inject a little bit of life into the season. Um, but we've still got a lot of problems, I think. Yeah, and to cut the players we didn't mention, Luke Brown. Uh, I was going to say. Uh, I, as I've always said, I would hate to stand Luke Brown. It'd be very hard to get a kick on that guy. He, oh yeah, you know he, he maybe only had eleven possessions. I'm looking at his possessions, but he just doesn't let the other guy get a get, get a kick. I think Rioli thought I'm going to run away from you and get this ball and do the turn on, um, turn around and you know and kick into goal. Um, I'm trying to think which quarter it was. I think it was in the second, and Brownie's just with him the whole time and it bumped him off the ball. And got yeah. possession of himself and got it out. And I think you kind of see Willie just going, How did that happen? Yeah. Luke Brown. That's how that happened. Anyway, probably half uh, back. And the other one, Fogarty, too. I, you know, he, he has his moments. And uh, mm. this is a great, great experience for the guy. Again, it's not necessarily a massive contribution now, but uh, it'll all pay back in the long run. Yeah. Well, let, we've probably talked that, that to death. So let's go through our award, shall we? First of all, sure. our breakout award for our young guy. Probably not much contest on this one, is there? Uh, well, Has to yeah. be Tommy today again. I know, but I want to give an honourable mention, I think, to the coach. Yeah. Um, I think his composure... And some of that delivery, particularly in that last quarter, um, and there was we we didn't talk about it. So we've talked about that that kick to Greenwood, which was just absolutely superb. Um, there was another one where he's coming in off the um, half forward line, balls up in the air to be contested, and he just jumps 
in the air for such a small guy. We know he's got, we've heard about that huge leap he's got because he's played volleyball. But just that little take, hit the ground, run, bang into our forward line again. I mean, that's he's got some really nice weapons. So I would like to give him an honourable mention. Yeah, I think a few more touches out of Jordan um, where he can actually influence the game across the four quarters uh, would see him uh, figure more highly. I think Tom Diday, though, is an integral part of our defence and he, he's hit the ground running. And, look, you know, I'm with the people that think that Stevenson gets an easy ride from who's around him in that Collingwood team. Uh, to me, Tom Diday came into this team under a massive amount of pressure with Lever going and has slotted in so well that you forget this is his first season. He's only played yep. 15 games or whatever. So anyway, let's have a look at our Jet of the Week, shall we? Because there might have been a couple of contenders here. Now, I've put up my hand for Talia, although I'm quite happy for Sauce. Uh, sauce for me. Yeah, same. When when you can keep Nick Nat to eight disposals and the delivery he was giving our midfielders um, and there were some really lovely little passes around the ground he was doing as well. Um, what was his disposal efficiency for Jacobs? Jacobs had um, 72%. 13 contested, 6 uncontested. Uh, 13 effective disposals. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. It is a good, is a good game. It's got to go to source for that. Yep. Well, you know, say that. I mean, Rory Laird would have to be a contender as well, uh, I would have thought, um, because he was oh. a bit of a rock, particularly in the first half when we were just caving in all over the place. I, I felt like Laird uh, really shone in that first half. Well, both of you, you know, Tad, in my opinion, it's probably had a Crouch Walker um Jacobs, Laird, and to a lesser degree, Taylor, but probably the top four. But um, Jacobs really did get the ball rolling in the centre of the ground and then around the around the pack, so he gets by vote this week. Yeah, we haven't actually... T- I skipped over Tex because I want to talk to- about him at the end and then I forgot, so let's just spend a moment on Tex now. 17 and 5 for 22 disposals. Took 10 marks, three goals, four, uh, four inside 50s, um, he uh, had 11 contested possessions, um, uh, eight score involvements. Uh, let, let's just, uh, and also uh, four contested marks as well. Uh, let's just acknowledge that that was a real captain's game, and uh, as we mentioned right at the beginning, um, and whilst he probably over tried a, a bit in the first half, he, if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have won that game in the last quarter. Spot on. Yeah, that is true. Um, can I also give him. Absolute credit for duping that West Coast player into giving the ball to him. And then he drops his arms really quickly going, well, it's not my ball. Yeah. It was, he's not dumb. Well, let's oh, just say he's, he's street smart, shall we? <laughs> I was going to say, Nicky got to get another debate. Yeah. <laughs> he talks like a broken Hillbogan. Now, this will be interesting. I wonder but the who boy gonna, knows his footy. I wonder who we're going to pick for the Wake Up Award this week. Oh, 
don't know. Well, we haven't oh. got Atkins this week. No, yeah, no. It makes it really can hard, I, doesn't no. it? Can I pick on Atkins for the Wake Up Awards still in the SNFL? Because, my God, was he still stupid. He, what, he stunk it up, did he? Oh. Yeah. Mm. I, I, yeah. I was leaning towards Jake Kelly. To I, think, I think, yeah, I think it's got to be adding the 22 players out there, and I think probably Jake's going to get it. Yeah, the other one, despite his numbers, uh, I was just so disgusted with Richard Douglas's first half that I'm almost inclined to still give it to him, even though he did wake up in the last quarter. I think um, he must be wrong. It must be wrong because Mrs. Mack is agreeing with you. Oh, Mrs. Mack is a very good judge. <laughs> We like Mrs. Macca. She can have my vote because I don't want to vote for either of them. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll agree to agree, uh, disagree on that one. Probably Jake Kelly, but, you know, it's hard to give a wake-up award after such a rousing win. Nikki, it's your turn. Hey. Go for it. Um, so I mentioned earlier that I would like to nominate Port for the scoreless quarter against Carlton because I think that's what, that was kind of funny, um, which is which is part of the intention of the cock wobbling number. It was supposed to be something stupid but also something makes us laugh. Unfortunately, most of them seem to make us angry. Um, I think the Melbourne supporters and their reaction are freaking hilarious. I do love the AFL Nation, so lovely Hutchie, your favourite person, Phoenix, um, who had to delete their tweet at the end of the Melbourne St Kilda game because it reads, full-time, Melbourne, hang on, another round 15 thriller. Melbourne, 117, St Kilda, 119. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah no. So that was a bit stupid. Um, but I think it has to go to... Uh, not just Barry Hall, but I think Triple M. Um, and that whole crew, Mark Howard is has proven before he's an idiot. Um, yeah, that whole thing with Barry Hall was just stupidity. Well, I, I can't and, and, the, and that Come guy on. is in the Hall of Fame. And, and when that happened, we're all like, how did that happen? Well... well. I mean, I what they did, they tried to rebrand Barry Hill. Um, yeah. And the only but reason he got into the bloody Hall of Fame is because they'd almost pulled it off. Uh, but and how, and how then he had him? to go and be himself. Yeah, well, exactly right. He tripped up, uh, tripped over himself. That's what it turned out. Uh, I've never been a fan of Barry Hall. I think he's a thug. I think he's a meathead, and he proved it. Um, the bloke that needs to go as well, I think, is Lee Montagna. And... Uh, um, once Mrs. Montagna gets wind of him airing her medical procedures in public, I wouldn't mind betting he gets a punch in the face. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's quite disgusting, really, because of the fact that I don't know why Montagna would be talking about any in such uh, personal detail uh, to a guy like Barry Hall in the first place. And Barry Hall didn't let him down by showing how bloody stupid he is. And, and I mean... I'm a very free-minded person, but I wouldn't even make those comments even at a, at a guy's night. No. It's just, it's just, they're just not comments that you would make. No. 
And so, you you know, I think what Barry Hall has done with this comment, he has really shown us uh, the total lack of class that he's got as a, as a human being, that he's a, a very low level of human being. Yeah, agreed. And for me, it's such a pity because Montagna was one I've really enjoyed his commentary. Yeah, um, but he's always he, been a bit of a loose cannon, though, Nick. He has, particularly to do with women. But listening to him in the AFLW, really respectful. He was a great commentator. He's made some really, really good comments. Um, I've enjoyed listening to him this year. But that was, once again, if you go back to what happened when he was St. St. Kilda as a player, the particular investigation mm. that happened, which, of course, Nothing did eventually come of it, but he was one of those players involved in that. There is some, and I'm going to say those two lovely words, which a lot of people don't like, but some toxic masculinity. Hmm. It is that whole thing of of the way that women are treated as an object. I I read somewhere a pretty good... That's what it it comes down to there. Yeah, I I read a good comment on Twitter this afternoon that said, paraphrasing, paraphrasing, I should say, a lot of people these days, it's easy enough to be respectful towards your wife and your and your daughters and, and uh, women that are in your life directly. Uh, it's a lot harder to be respectful uh, to women in general. Um, and I think Lee... And it shouldn't be. Well, it shouldn't be. But um, what I guess what I'm getting at is that um, there's still a little bit of way to go, I guess, in, in, for some people. Um Unfortunately, um, Phoenix for a lot of people. Yeah, well. As, anyway. as a female, as a female, for a lot of people, unfortunately. But I think, yeah, it's got to go to not just, I don't think not just Barry Hall, but Triple M in itself, the producers who were involved in that segment, because most of the time you know those discussions are pre-planned. Well, you know, um, Howard was part of it. Damien Barrett was part of it. A couple of uh, big names uh, out of their stable. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see if they go any further with that. Well, Barrett, Barrett's trying to go, saying it was really horrible and disgusting. Yeah, he, I think he's trying to distance laughing. himself. Yeah. No, dude, you were there laughing. Anyway, we've got to yeah. wind this up, guys. It's uh, 1 hour 30, which is long enough for people to be listening to us. Uh, thanks, everyone, for being but on the chat. But it was a win. It was a win, which was fantastic. Don't forget Tuesday Night Live, 8.30 Central on Tuesday night. Uh, tweet us, Facebook us, visit our website, and we'll see you then. Good night, all. Yep. Good night, all. Good night.